Hello and welcome back to the My Entertainment World podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Bedard, as always. And today I have the second episode for you that we recorded live at the ATX Festival in Austin. Um, the festival is all about TV, and we've already talked to um, the behind-the-scenes people, the talent who makes genius for National Geographic production designers, costumers, those kind of guys. So now we're going to talk to a little bit of on-screen talent in the form of Nico Tortorella, who is on TV Land's comedy Younger, which if you haven't checked it it's an epic delight. You absolutely will love it. Um, stars Sutton Foster, Miriam Shore, uh, Hilary Duff. She was not at ATX, unfortunately, but the rest of the cast was. And I got to talk to them in the press room. And so there's a great ar- article up on myentertainmentworld.ca where you can read about that and then also check out the video in that article as well as on our YouTube channel featuring interviews with that whole cast, including Nico. Um, but we also got a chance to sit down and talk to Nico one on one, Nico Tortorella, who plays. Josh on Younger, Um, because he's a really interesting guy. Uh, Josh is a little bit of a sort of basic character. He's he's a nice guy. He's a pretty bro-ish, kind of normal, normal nice guy. Um, Nico is a lot more complicated than that. He identifies as polyamorous, as gender fluid, as non-binary. He has all these different things going on, and he's become a real activist. Um, he has, he's really, really active in social media, really um, forwarding these causes. He's really open about his personal life. He hosted a podcast for a long time um, that was all about love and relationships and labels and life and all these things. He's got these huge life philosophies that he loves to share. Um, and he's also a poet and he's just put out a book of poetry. So I sat with him to podcast briefly about all the many projects he has going on in his life and what makes him tick. Uh, So I hope you enjoy the interview and I'll see you on the other side. Thanks guys. So how's your uh, festival been going so far? Bizarre. Bizarre? Oh yeah. Why bizarre? Well basically everything in one way or another. Well all that shit that happened yesterday at the non-binary panel. I heard so my colleague was there and there was a robot who was protesting like saying binary is the only way. Yes and actually apparently it was a hidden cam. He had a hidden camera. No And there's a video that exists now. Of everyone reacting completely appropriately? <laughs> like, and justified reaction? Oh my god, it was a full hidden camera. What was he trying to do, though? Like, obviously everybody... Like, oh my god, look. Oh, no way. That's crazy. Sorry, but people on the podcast, you showing me a video of this hidden camera thing that I'll put in the show notes. But this is, that's crazy. I mean, who, this was my question when I was told about it. Was like, it sounds like a guy who's just not funny, mm. who's trying to make a bad joke. I feel like, I don't understand why you go to all that trouble to make such a very hyper-specific well, protest. It was all for a hidden camera. But why would you, I mean, the panel's being recorded. So Because it, it's... I believe it's some sort of far-right group that is coming to make fun of what we're doing. To make... Oh, so to, to, to mock it, to not mock to, it. like, angrily protest as much as, like, undermine Yeah, look, it. it's just these two white dudes, like, laughing in a car Jesus. at what's going on. Has that generally been something that you've encountered? No, like, never. The, I mean... A, a, a talking robot at, at a panel? No, I've never encountered well, you're not, it you're not, you're, you're not used to talking robots? Honestly, not, I like, don't think regular. any of the greatest writers here... <laughs> 
in this festival could write what happened yesterday. That's so true in general, though, right? Yeah. Like, life is always more complicated than what is on the screens. And they say that you have to actually edit out all the most interesting stories mm -hmm. because someone in the audience is going to be like, that's not realistic. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it happens all the time. So I actually open up all my interviews with usually the same question, which is, do you remember the moment when you decided you wanted to be an artist? Hmm. When I decided I wanted to be an artist. Or work in yeah, yeah, the yeah, world, yeah. you know? Um, it was probably watching Mighty Ducks 2. The I have no idea. D2. You just said D2. Oh, really? D3 colon the Mighty Ducks is my favorite movie. Uh, D3 so is D3. your favorite. So we oh, can fight about this if you want. But it's almost comical uh, no. how much I bring it up. I'll give you D3. Okay. I, I talk about it all the time. <laughs> D2, like... When they hit the road, right, and, like, brought all of the other members onto the hockey team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, shit, there's a place for me. Yeah. Not that I, like, didn't look like the main character. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it was Josh Jackson. Yeah, it was, like, like not okay. that far off. <laughs> um, but I was like, uh, there was something, like, I, I grew up playing hockey. Everyone in my family is a hockey player. And so it was, like, this nice split between, like, oh hockey player and actor in like one world right. and I was like I'm gonna go be the famous hockey player on TV rather than like the, fami the famous hockey player for the Blackhawks you know right. what I mean right yeah. yeah a stage actor once told me he was someone who had grown up and he played sports and he played the trombone and he wrote songs and he did all these various things and when I asked him why he chose acting he said well if you're an actor one day I can play a trombonist I can mm. play a hockey player I can play all these things so you have all these interests and you can if you're an actor you can play a hockey player mm. If you're a hockey player, there's no chance to be an actor. It's true. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like, I think we, I think every single one of us as an artist in our own right, I, uh, I, I don't think that I'm more of an artist than anyone else because this is what I do. Really? Yeah. Or more of a poet because I have a book of poetry. Because you're a poet? <laughs> yeah. I, but, but, but I don't think I'm like more of a poet. Than anyone else. Really? Yeah. Do you tend to think that everyone has the pot uh, has the capacity within themselves to be a poet, regardless of whether they actually write it down? Yeah. Oh, for sure. I yeah. think we are poetry. I think everything that we do is poetry. We are all living in verse constantly. Um, I think some of us have more opportunity than others, and that privilege needs to be recognized and checked at the door, no matter what. But like in terms of poetry, yeah. Yeah. It's us. Well, and speaking of, we talked a little bit about the Breaking Down the Binary panel that you participated in earlier this weekend. Tell us a little bit about your background and how you got involved in the activism on the issues. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of like an accidental activism, right? I, uh, I just started to take my own life really seriously once I got sober from alcohol. And I was having all of these conversations about sexuality and gender in my own life with all my really good friends who are all these, like, New York staples in the community. People like Milk and... Um, Todrick and like all of these people who have been in the space for a long time and so I was like shit I'm just gonna I'm gonna start a podcast and I'm gonna have these conversations uh, publicly and once that happened it changed the playing field for myself um, my education just kind of like skyrocketed and I'm still very much so in in the midst of it all and um, it went from understanding sexuality to kind of like deconstructing the binary of gender to now what the next step is if which I'm working through um, you know but it's a it's a work in progress and it always is and I think that we are all always on a journey I just decided to take mine to the streets you know <laughs> um, publicly is what right. I mean by that 
And how's the response to that been? Really great. I mean, I, I have everything I've ever wanted in my yeah. life. Yeah. I, um, you know, there was a lot of conversation in the beginning of my career, like how I, how I was going to navigate these conversations uh, with my team in terms of sexuality or whatever. And I always just thought, like, if anyone was going to be able to do it, it was me. Um, but there was always, like, a fear of how the industry would accept me. Yeah. Uh, and that just kind of went away because I don't really care about the few old white men that are still, like, in power that are casting the big budget movies that, like, don't want me to be in it because of who I am. Like... Right. Girl, I have enough going on. I don't need to do that movie anyway. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't even know who those white guys are. I'm just like <laughs> creating the archetype. Yeah, the, the hypothetical. <laughs> yes, exactly. The powerful man. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting because your, your character on the following actually was uh, sexually fluid. Yeah, bisexual. Yeah. Um, so is that something that was when you're... It? Yeah. I mean, he was, he was struggling. Yeah. Good old Jacob was struggling. There was both a man and a woman in the picture. Yes. In Beyond the bed that, at the, the same labels, time. Yes. Who knows, right? Uh-huh. Yes. Um, um, but is that something you look for in characters, the idea of like representation and bringing those stories to the screen, or are you just looking for good material? At this point moving forward, like I have gotten really, really picky. Uh, just given the social and political landscape uh, and the world that we're living in right now, like I refuse to do anything that does not in one way or another align with my messaging. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that like even more so I'm excited to create those characters right. rather than like waiting for somebody else to write the one that I want. Right. But now you're doing Josh on Younger, and we'll talk about that at the roundtables tomorrow. So everyone check out the coverage of that separate from this podcast on myentertainmentworld.ca. Um, but on that, you you know, Josh is very sensitive, enlightened, and all that kind of stuff, but he is still a straight cis white dude. Yeah. Um, it, do you have complicated feelings about sort of, not to say going backwards, but going to a sort of more traditional binary idea with that character? Uh, no. I, I mean, I, I have grown into my conversation on all of these subjects with Josh uh, as Josh in one way or another like if you look at where I was if I look at where I was the first season filming the show I was still drinking and like not taking any of this shit seriously and now I'm you know in one way or another like trailblazing a conversation that never existed before from somebody that looks like me and I recognize that and uh, I'm so grateful for Josh for that reason and for Younger because I think what Josh has done is allowed me to have this conversation. Playing Josh on TV is a privilege. The world knows me and sees me as Josh, as a white, straight, cis dude, which makes all of my messaging outside of Josh that much more digestible. Fuck yeah, I love you, Josh. (laughs) Well, do you find, though, because this show has so many fans and so many young female fans, and, uh, you know, he, he is an interesting character. He has some depth to him, but he there are times when you are a little bit of eye candy on the show. And just like a little, the wheels on the bus go round and round, round and round, round and round. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a little simple, and he's a little bit, uh, for lack of a better word, objectified sometimes. Yes. Um, as someone who is, like, really intellectual, thoughtful, you have a podcast, you're a poet, all these things, you're an activist... Um, do you find it frustrating to be thought of sometimes as like, oh, he's a hot guy on TV, maybe you're a little underestimated? It's not the worst thing to be thought of as. <laughs> like, I understand where that fits into the, you know, things people think of as. Um, but that's just on me to, to, to 
provide material of like where I am and what I'm working on in my own life for anyone that's interested. Like, I know immediately when somebody stops me on the street how they know me. It's like, oh my god, I love Josh. Like, okay, like I, you know me as Josh. Totally cool. I respect and appreciate it, and like, thank God for Josh. But if somebody stops me and is like, oh my God, they start crying and the poetry and the, and the love bomb, it's a completely different interaction. And like, I respect and love them both. Right. You know what I mean? Um, but, but like, I think because I know that Josh has allotted me the, the platform to have this conversation, I will never feel dirty playing him because he's objectified or because he's the hot guy on television. Right. I have everything that I have because I played him. Right. And like, you know, I didn't create Josh. Younger's not my show. I'm playing somebody else's character on somebody else's show. I'm bringing them to life, you know? So I don't take responsibility for what's written. Right. But moving forward in my career, I'm going to be a lot pickier. Yeah? Yeah. Um, and something I think is interesting about you is the way that you use Instagram to almost bridge those two versions of yourself and those two types of fans well, you recognize. Well, it's not even you. just two. There's like hundreds, right? right? Of course, yeah. yeah. There are in all of us. Yeah. Yeah. But this idea of like you'll post, one one that really struck me was you had a post that I'm going to title the post Stomach, but it was a poet mm-hmm. poem entitled Stomach and a like really objectifiable photo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you linked the two and talk and put at personal thoughts about these feelings and then a poem. Is mm-hmm. that... Can you talk a little bit about the way that you're using social media to try and convey the whole portrait of who you are? Well, it's interesting that you think that picture is, like, objectifiable. It's just a mostly naked photo. Yeah, but, like, yeah, it is. I mean, I love the human body, and I love my own body, and I think that that's, like, an expression of self-love to be able to put something like that... um, on Instagram and especially in that picture like if you look at it closely I have all these stretch marks are on my ass and my leg like it's not a perfect picture um, and like I think back in the day I would have gone in and photoshopped that or facetuned that part of my body and I'm not doing that anymore and I feel really good about that and that's like part of my own journey right mm-hmm. and uh, I think the poetry in that mirrors the poetry that I wrote. And if you look at the piece itself, it talks all about body dysmorphia and those go hand in hand. And I think that like Instagram specifically or any social media is, is, is a way for all of us to put out, to put out to the world what we want the world to see. Right. And I think that like, I, I've, I've always wanted, I don't know. I'm just like, I'm I'm just a lot more open and vulnerable now than I ever have been and I'm showing that. Instagram is like my, is always for myself first, always. It's my it's, it's my journal. Whenever I'm like, "Oh, what was I doing like 3 years ago on this day?" I go back and look. And like that's fucking awesome. Does that feel vulnerable for you putting out your journal in a public platform? I mean, at this point, like I don't want to say the word is vulnerable. It's just like natural now. Yeah. Like I've been doing it for so long that like you know what I have things that are very private in my life that nobody knows about that are like my ceremonies and rituals that and 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 my you know connection to spirit and God and all of that that's mine like and I talk about it every now and then but um, I, I what I'm doing is always for myself first right but it is for everybody else to look at themselves, not to look at me, and to celebrate themselves. This is all about how we can all celebrate ourselves more as individuals and as a collective unit. 
And speaking of this, these ideas that you put out into the world and how you put them out, tell us a little bit about your book of poetry and what, why we should pick it up. Why? Yeah, my book important. of poetry is called All of It Is You. It is available on Amazon, on Target, pretty much wherever you buy books. Um, <laughs> and it is a collection of poetry. Uh, there's about 250 plus new pieces in it. And uh, the title really uh, hits it nail on the head. All of it is you. It celebrates the oneness, this divine frequency of love that runs through each and every single one of us, living, non-living, etc., etc., etc. And it goes from the small cells in our bodies to infinity and beyond and everything in between. And the whole book is written in second-person pronoun. Uh, so the reader feels like every single piece is about them. And that was really important for me uh, because it is. Every single piece is for the person that's reading it um, and how they specifically relate to everything around them. Because in my life right now, this mantra, this keenly intimate mantra, all of it is you, has been ruling everything. And I'm a firm believer that nothing exists without you. Without me, without you. It's just the same thing in one way or another. And that's what the book celebrates. Um, and it's uh, a transformational one even still today. Anytime I pick up the book, it's like, oh shit, there's something else. And I have a, a live show here in Austin tonight, actually. And it's, I'm sure I'm going to le learn a few things about the book and myself in the show. That's just is what happens and I always set out to create something like that that I could always go back to and uh, be inspired so if there's one last thing you want to tell the listeners about yourself about your work about the world what would that be I love you and I mean it so that's it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, make sure that you rate and review on iTunes. Make sure you subscribe. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MyEntWorld. That's my E-N-T world. And check out everything we have happening on the website. That's MyEntertainmentWorld.ca. Thanks, guys. <laughs>